Hi, this is Karen Kelly, and you're listening to An Appetite for Life. There's a great mix on this show with various topics, amazing guests, and the occasional celebrity guest. So my guest today is an author, artist, wellness coach and motivational speaker. So I'd like to welcome Paris Senjit. So welcome, Paris. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for having me here. And I know we were just talking about your beautiful name. So tell us your full name and then why we call you Paris. Uh, well, my name, full name is Parnita. And uh, in our culture, the name means uh, newlywed bride. Wow. Are you a newlywed bride? Oh, no, gosh, <laughs> 25 years, not really. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's um, beautiful, beautiful yeah. name. So tell us all about yourself, because you've got so many things under your belt. You must live a fantastic life, what a great career you've got. So tell us about your wellness coach programs. Um, so I have been a wellness coach from past, uh, I would say close to 19 years. Wow. Yeah, long time. And uh, it started as an aerobic instructor. I started as an aerobic instructor, but eventually I kept on adding qualifications. Um, I, I uh, Under my belt, I have, uh, I'm qualified as a nutrition and a weight management advisor. Uh, so they kind of come in hand in hand, don't they? Yes, uh, you yes. kind of can't help. I used to be a fitness instructor, believe it or not, um, oh, Zumba, yeah. but I never actually moved into the nutritional side, but I know they do, they do come hand in hand. Yeah, because I think it's hard to separate them out. It yeah. kind of doesn't make any sense. And, uh, you know, uh, I try initially when I started working as a uh, fitness instructor, uh, because I was qualified as a studio uh, coordinator. Um, so I started working. Then I realized the questions naturally that the clients have is, uh, you know, so what do I eat? Yeah. And uh, what I shouldn't and how, how do I control myself? You know, all these kind of questions. So I realized it's important as, you know, as a wellness coach, you need to know every aspect of fitness. You yes. cannot separate them out. So, yeah, I think I kept uh, qualifying myself and uh, I did uh, advanced uh, uh, stretch work as well. So it's been a great journey. I uh, kind of train clients one-to-one -one, uh, towards weight loss and I work both on their mind and body. So I kind of take their sessions, uh, fitness sessions, and I give them timetable of what to eat. And at the same time, I talk to them so much with regards to mindset and how they can help themselves. So yeah. get sort of a complete package. And is it true that it's pretty much 75% what you eat and 25% really exercise because people think if they just do a short walk every day they can eat what they want but it doesn't work like that does it no, no. not really because <laughs> I think that's uh, that's again a myth because uh, it's more of you pacifying yourself you know probably yeah and again it differs from person to person for some uh, eating is not such a big thing uh, they can avoid and they can focus more on training, whereas some can focus more on eating. So it, it differs from person to person. But having said that, the one common factor between both of them is your mindset. Yeah. You know, so if, if you have to bring that 50-50, you know, where you focus on the fitness, you focus on your eating, then your mind needs to be well-balanced. How do you find right your clients have been since 
since the festive period because of course we're coming out of the pandemic and things are changing again the world's opening up I know it was before then we had another kind of lockdown but for me I found January really hard to get going again where normally we'd all be back at work and back doing the exercise and I found that February has been my January are your clients kind of saying the same sort of thing or do they get straight back into it in January uh, no, not really. Some of them do. But actually, I what you're saying is very natural. And I yeah. think that's exactly how our psychology works. If see, saying January doesn't mean our brain just clicks and says like, hey, you know what, now jump into fitness. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. I think all 12 months need to have that kind of a balanced thinking. Yeah. You know, so whether it's Jan, whether it's July, whether it's December. And I think the most important thing is giving space to yourself. Yes, during festival, we kind of uh, indulge, you know, in certain things, certain treats. But I think it's okay, you know, and, yeah. you know, slowly stepping it down is far better. And uh, you're able to take it long way than you just straight away jumping. And then you'll see many of them, they start in Jan, but by Feb, March, they're like, yeah, oh gosh, I'm exhausted. working again, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. So. so you also do some motivational speaking. Do you talk about fitness during that? Is it more nutrition? Tell us about your, your motivational speaking. Uh, so my motivational speaking is, again, more towards mindset. So it's, again, uh, you know, bringing that healthy lifestyle and uh, healthy mindset uh, together to achieve your goals. So there are certain key things if you follow, you bring your, uh, all your energies together, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, everything, then you are able to bring a healthy lifestyle, you're able to follow, sustain it. And uh, likewise, your mindset is very much, you know, uh, kind of well balanced. So it helps you to focus on your goals. So that's, and that's it's what... amazing, isn't it? How and I've talked about this many times on on the podcast with other guests, is that the pandemic has really heightened how we need to take care of ourselves, and it's all yeah. about the mindset. And Absolutely. I love the fact that everyone's recognizing that now, and more and more people are yeah. jumping on board, aren't they? Absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think the pandemic has been an eye opener, to be honest. You know, uh, uh, unfortunately, there are very many sad events yeah, that have course. happened, yeah. but uh, it, it is kind of an eye opener. It has made us uh, reflect on ourselves, yeah. you know, reflect on what we are doing with ourselves, you know, how we can, uh, you know, bring that composure within ourselves, you know, uh, take a step back, think uh, what we should be doing and how we should be proceeding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're certainly being kinder to ourselves, aren't we? And putting yeah. ourselves first, which is which is fantastic. Absolutely. But you're also an artist as well. And I've been looking at your work. Your portraits are absolutely fantastic. Thank and you've you. also won several awards. So tell us about your your artwork. And, and is that a, a previous life? Uh, that's a beautiful question, uh, Karen. Uh, the thing is, I worked as an interior designer for seven years. Okay. And uh, but having said that, I don't think, uh, you know, any element of that is there in my artwork. So what I used to do is I used to do painting and artwork for myself. You know, I used to keep it only for myself or give it as a gift to some close friends or someone whom I feel like, okay, you know, that will bring a smile on their face. And uh, to begin with, I used to do landscape, floral. I, I experimented with uh, different types of artwork. 
I read quite a few books, uh, you know, old masters, how they do it. So I kind of self-taught myself. And eventually after experimenting for so many years, I realized that I constantly have been searching for that. Uh, you know, I'm trying to read something in that painting yeah. when I observe. So I realized I'm more focused on the psychology part of it. So somehow portraiture started attracting me and uh, I started working on that. And then, yeah, so that's So I'm pretty much a self-taught artist. And uh, the beautiful, the portraits, the attention to detail is absolutely beautiful. And um, each portrait really does tell a story, doesn't it? So you must check out Pranita Sanjit's website because they absolutely are gorgeous. What did surprise me, um, Pari, was there's no drawings or any artist work of your doggy, your lovely dog. What a beautiful question. Um, to be honest, you know, Karen, I have been thinking about this for a very long time. Yeah. And it's just... You know, there's so much in his eyes. I feel I will not be able to capture that. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm still sure struggling. Oh, I'm sure you would. <laughs> you know him better than anything. I can't wait to hear all about yeah. Little Leo. But yeah, I can imagine it is really hard to capture to yeah. capture that because dogs tell a story, don't they? They're just beautiful exactly. animals, aren't they? Absolutely. And there's so much. I think I. It's sort of I know so much about him, and. Uh, it's so amazing you look into his eyes and you kind of this there's so much that we kind of talk with each other yeah. so it's hard for me you know I kind of struggle to bring that uh, but I'm hoping that eventually I should be able to get uh, you know something on yeah definitely and you're also an author as well so congratulations on your book so tell us all about your books they're for children aren't they children's books uh yes Karen these are so the two books that I have released. Uh, so Little Leo actually is a series of children's book, illustrated book. Um, so the journey, to be honest, during pandemic, it so happened that I, I was coming across this news that, you know, a lot of pets were being abandoned. Yeah. And it's uh, heartbreaking, isn't it? People don't realize the responsibility. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I was just constantly reading the news. I was going through the numbers and it was like, oh gosh, this is, the number is just increasing. And in, uh, in 2020, uh, during pandemic, RSPCA, the website to RSPCA's, uh, sorry, the uh, visit to RSPCA's website went up 105% no. just uh, to read about dog's behavior. It, it made me think, why is this happening mm. right so the one common thing that came in my mind was human psychology and pet psychology right so these two things are coming together here and uh somehow that's where the disturbance is happening yeah it's so, a, a reflection of of the the owners aren't they Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so I kind of kept thinking how uh, I wanted to do something, but I wasn't sure what. And uh, being a creative person, I have always expressed my feelings through creation. You know, either it's art or you know writing or any form of uh, creativity. Yeah. So uh, I kept thinking, what do I do with this? You know, this is, this information is bothering me and I want to do something in my own way 
but what? Mm. And then when I looked at Leo, I got my answer. I says, okay, so I'm going to make Leo as my character. It's going to be children's illustrated book. And uh, so the stories are such that I have put real life scenarios and fiction both together in such a way that the stories become interesting as well as there's a lot to learn from that. Beautiful. We're just going to take a short break, Panita uh, Perry, and we'll be back in a few minutes time. Let me introduce our sponsor, Everything Genetic Limited, specialists in preventative healthcare testing, helping people to identify to see if they are at risk of developing common hereditary cancers and heart conditions. Based in Nantwich, Cheshire, they partner with some of the UK's market-leading laboratories, supplying revolutionary genetic tests to healthcare providers and patients for the detection, diagnosis and treatment planning of cancer, heart disease and other illnesses. One of their main aims is to democratise genetic testing, meaning everyone can take control of their own well-being and healthcare to detect any problems at an early stage when they are most treatable. They also offer a COVID testing service which is on the government list, initially launched to support clinical partners who were unable to get patients in during the pandemic. This service enables patients to come back into clinics to resume all important cancer testing and is available through over 200 partner companies. They offer a comprehensive range of coronavirus COVID-19 test kits and services for individuals, healthcare providers and employers. For more information, visit their website, everythinggeneticlimited.co.uk. So welcome back. We're talking to Paris Senjit, and we're going to be talking about her gorgeous dog, Leo. But it's actually about, it's quite old, isn't he? It's not a puppy. It's quite, it's quite a mature dog, isn't he? Yeah, so Leo is eight-year-old. And um, he turned, uh, he became a therapy dog when he was six-year-old. So while we were in Texas, we were, tech, we were in Austin for two years from 2018 to 2020. Um, that's where I first started uh, volunteering in the Dog Alliance. And then eventually I realized that they do train for therapy dogs. Uh, provided the dog has the, uh, you know, the right personality. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell they, us about Dog Alliance, first of all. So what is Dog Alliance for our listeners? So Dog Alliance is, uh, is kind of, an, uh, it, it's a more of an organization which helps uh, in training people with, uh, you know, how you can train your puppies. So they do have classes, puppy classes. Uh, then there is something called as Hound for Heroes, uh, which they provide uh, service dogs to first responders and uh, veterans who have uh, who are disabled, uh, you know, during their time. Um, that's fascinating. So, that's really that's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. They're doing an amazing job. And uh, apart from that, they have a program called Bow Wow Therapy Program. So this program uh, kind of uh, helps, uh, you know, the therapy dog and the handler. Uh, they both of them were certified by Dog Alliance. They go to schools, uh, nursing homes, hospitals, uh, family courts, places where the stress level is high. Wow! So, 
Yeah, so it's, it's a beautiful thing that they do. And uh, yeah, it, it makes a big difference. So what's, what's involved in the training then for a therapy dog, a Bow Wow therapy dog, and how long does it take? So the, uh, the training is actually for six weeks. Uh, but before that, the dog is assessed to see whether he can become a therapy dog. So does uh, they have a, to have kind of some basic training? Yes. They can sit, pull, lie Absolutely. down, roll over the basic things. Some, uh, personality, <laughs> yeah. So some, <laughs> of course. So some personality traits which they need to have that how calm they are in certain scenarios. Do they get restless? You know, uh, so all those kind of things. Yeah. And once they pass that assessment, then uh, the training starts, and that is for six weeks, as I said. So uh, in the training, they are put into uh, certain scenarios, uh, you know, uh, like say, for example, they will throw a vessel on the floor, you know, which typically happens, which sometimes happens in the hospital, right? So how does the dog react to it? If, they, if you, know? you say throw a whistle on the floor? Yeah, a vessel, yeah. a vessel or a bowl, uh, something like that, and or uh, wheelchair. Okay. So if uh, you know someone is on the wheelchair next to the dog, how does the dog respond to that? Yeah. You know. Uh, so yeah, certain scenarios that they will kind of put the dog into, and as a dog handler, myself and him, we both need to have that uh, you know calmness to kind of, uh, you know, not react to that situation. Yeah. So these kind of uh, training, this kind of training happens. And then after six weeks, there is an assessment again to see whether we have, uh, we are good to go. And uh, if you pass the assessment, yes, then, you know, it's kind of, uh, yeah, we are certified. Wow. That's, yeah. that's really interesting, isn't it? So what sort of duties has Leo done? So Leo used to go to school over the schools over there to help children, to assist children in learning to read. Yes, so, some of your wonderful videos with little Leo reading Peppa yeah. Pig, I think it was. Yes, yes. That started, uh, we started the video uh, reading, the story reading on video uh, after the pandemic because by then we, uh, we both had moved here yeah. and unfortunately uh, the schools also were shut down everywhere. So we yeah. couldn't do anything. So we came up with this program, the Bawa reading came up with this program that let's start the uh, videos where children can still listen to the stories uh, you know, on the screen. So uh, yeah, it was amazing because there, was, uh, there were a couple of kids who enjoyed seeing Leo on the screen since they were used to seeing Leo uh, in person. This is how we can see Leo still. Yeah. So, yeah. And how does he help? What kind of, um, what kind of feedback do you get from, from parents and children? How, how does Leo help when you're reading? Oh, uh, the feedback was amazing. It was uh, beautiful. In fact, uh, First of all, children open up quite a lot, right? Yeah. When they're reading. Very honest, aren't they? Yeah, they're very <laughs> honest. And, um, and that's sweet in a way, because I feel uh, the more they, they are open, uh, they blossom well. So uh, when they used to come for reading, they used to say so many things. And I remember one kid, uh, she used to come and she used to say that uh, she used to stammer a lot. And then, um, and then she said, yeah, I know everyone teases me. 
you know, in school and uh, in the neighborhood and stuff. And it's sad. It was really sad to listen yeah. to that. So she used so to come. It's reading, won't she? Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she used to come. She used to lie down on Leo and read. Oh, and uh, Leo, used to, Leo used to just allow her to do all those things yeah. so it was beautiful and uh, parents appreciated you know what uh, they used to look forward for their children coming to these sessions yeah. and similarly in a nursing home I remember there was one uh, lady she used to actually get dressed up oh, wear makeup you... <laughs> you won't believe it yeah because and one day she told me that Leo is my only friend who comes and visits me. I have no visitor. Oh, that's beautiful. And that was, that was, that was very painful. He looked forward to when Leo came and made a massive effort for him. And did he recognize her? Because they do with the smell and things. Yeah, absolutely. So when we enter nursing home, uh, uh, we used to knock at each door and check whether they are okay for us to come in. Yeah. Uh, So some uh, were not comfortable, so we would not go in. But there were some who who were looking forward for it. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, he and he knew that he that knew his sense. friends. Beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I believe you have a new addition to the family as well. Yeah. Bruno. Bruno. How old is Bruno? Uh, Bruno is uh, 12 weeks now. He's still very young. Yeah. 12 weeks. He troubles Leo a lot. But yeah. And <laughs> he's he the same breed as Leo. Yeah. Same. Black Labrador. Black Labrador. And do you think he'll be a Bow Wow dog? I'm hoping and praying for that because I want to continue this journey and we love what we are doing. Me and Leo, we love, and we are hoping that we both together, we can help Bruno to learn how he can also become a wow therapy dog. Because I know you were saying that Leo was six when he started and that's a great age, isn't it? My dog's actually six and they're kind of, they know who they are, you know their behavior, they know how to behave in certain scenarios. So he obviously is a bit young yet, isn't he, to, to kind yeah. of throw him out That's there. Very true. And I think that Leo, I knew he would become a good therapy dog, but yeah. uh, I didn't know how. And that's where it took a little time for me to know. Uh, but as soon as I saw the Dog Alliance, I picked up that opportunity. But now with Bruno, I know uh, certain things we ourselves can start training him in the house uh, with Leo. And eventually then I can kind of, uh, so I have quite a lot of time, you know, sort yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. And also, this was your inspiration, of course, to write the books, Little Leo. Um, and yeah. what's the first book co- called and what, what's that all about? So the first book is called The Chosen One. And uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, that the book, the stories are about uh, putting in the real life scenarios and some bit of fiction so that, you know, you kind of make the story interesting yeah. you know, um, for children to, you know, enjoy as well as learn. So uh, in this first book, the, it's, it's all about he being in a farm, you know, when his Has he been to a farm? It is, and yeah. that's, that's actually the real story. You know, that's how we got him. 
so uh, you know all that was real how uh, he uh, he was in the farm with his family um you know how he used to run around you know and basically he's talking so the both the stories are about he expressing his feelings yeah so it's through his eyes sort of thing absolutely so yeah. every situation how he's perceiving it how he's looking at it and it is so important for us to understand yeah. because that's where we struggle as i said earlier it's about the psychology of humans and psychology of our pets right and we fail to understand simply because they cannot talk right they say so much with their eyes my exactly. dog me the way he looks at me and i know exactly what he's thinking exactly exactly there's so much in their eyes right yeah. and so it's important for us to have that uh, calmness to understand their mindset yeah. right and only when we are able to understand their mindset uh you know this problem of abandonment uh you know hopefully will reduce and that's yeah, and when when you were talking about that earlier it's heartbreaking isn't it to think that during the pandemic of course i think every dog got more walks than ever and they were mm. you know they're all saying no not again please i'm tired because every person in the family were taking them out for the hour a day and Absolutely. of course more people you know bought dogs and they thought oh yeah we'll do that then they realized that they're really hard work it and is that's obviously why they they the numbers increase with the RSPCA yeah um, but and it is heartbreaking because even when we first got our dog there was some regret there because i'd forgotten how hard it was it had been 20 years since i'd had a dog but then mm. perseverance only for a short yeah. time because he rips everything up and chewed everything but that's what they do exactly. the babies aren't they toddlers But you absolutely said it right and when you mentioned babies i was going to say the same thing because it's like when you have a baby your own baby what do you do yes it's tough initially it's right? a shock to the system exactly <laughs> shock. absolutely but the one question that comes in my mind is do you give up your baby exactly no abandon you might baby? think about it but you'd never do it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. the thoughts come, but you got to you don't act on those thoughts, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. your love, your care towards your baby is far higher than the pain that you're going through. Exactly. Yeah. And that exactly is with these guys. Yeah. You know, it's it's about that initial stage, your commitment that you give and you will see that later on what they give is far more and what you have given to them 100%. So tell us about your second book. What's that story about? So the second book is The Journey Begins and uh, again some bit of reality, some bit of uh, fiction because the reality is Leo is coming home now. He is living uh, he's leaving his beautiful uh, life on the farm and he's coming into our world, you know. Uh, yeah, so, so it's all that freedom and now he's got to get used absolutely. to living yeah, as at a human every, really <laughs> exactly so at every step you know there is something for him to do not to do right yeah. something so much for him to learn both these each book rather each book is based on the theme of emotion so the second one is how do we accept change yeah and that's exactly what happened during pandemic right there was yes. so much that was happening every person was struggling in some or the other way with the change so, so the whole idea is how through the through leo story not only we are 
talking about pet psychology, we are also teaching children how to accept change. Yeah. So it's not just for children. It's brilliant for adults as well. It's a great educational tool for adults, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure you'll agree that, you know, most families, including ours, got through the pandemic because of our dog. He really helped us. That connection, that just that love and everything. It was a real reassurance for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in the entire pandemic, certainly Leo has made a big difference. He has been with us and, uh, uh, you know, his calm attitude definitely has helped. And uh, you're right. They are more of a blessing, you know, than burden, I would say. So are there any more books in the pipeline? Any more stories you've got you're working on maybe at the moment? Uh, Yes, uh, I have my next one coming that will be released uh, in the first week of September. Um, I'm working on it and uh, building the story. So super excited about it. Me and my team, we are working together on that now. How exciting. Oh, Perry, it's been absolutely gorgeous talking to you today and hearing all about what you do. So congratulations once again on your books. But for our listeners, if anybody wants to you know, visit your website or buy any books, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, so on my website, we have both the books and we have the link to buy the books on the website, as well as if you go on Amazon also, you'll find both the books. And uh, if anyone wants to reach me out, then uh, the email ID is also there on the website. Karen, just for your listeners to know that we are setting up a stall at the Crafts uh, wow. Sure. Uh, it's on. Uh, it's in March, March tenth yeah. to thirteenth. Uh, it's in Birmingham. So yeah. So we are setting up a stall to promote the cause, uh, um, and hoping that you know uh, we get to meet many other like-minded people over there, dog lovers, where we can uh, you know spread this word. Yeah. Oh, well, I wish you all the best for the future, and I look forward to hearing more about Little Leo. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. You've been listening to my podcast, Appetite for Life, also supported by sponsor, Danebank House Dental Practice, where happiness starts with a smile. Would you like to be a guest on this show? Or maybe you're interested in a sponsorship package. For any further information, you can find me across various social media platforms as Karen Kelly Podcasts, or send me an email, karenenderkelly at btinternet.com.